Hello, Wendy Myers here from LiveTo110.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Live to 110 podcast, which is your source to learn how to live forever medication and disease free. Today, we're going to be talking about a little known mineral, one of my favorites, called lithium. A lithium orotate is a mineral that most people need. I do lots of testing and find that the vast majority, 95% of clients that I test have zero lithium. And it's a very important modulator to, you know, correct our, uh, you know, modulate our neurotransmitters in our brains and to create GABA to relax us and calm us and heal the brain and detox the brain. It's incredibly important. And it's missing from our soils and our water. So I wanted to go in depth. I found Dr. James Greenblatt of jamesgreenblattmd.com wrote a book on lithium. So I jumped at the chance to interview him on the podcast. And I thought it'd be very, very interesting and clue you guys into why you may want to try lithium supplementation. Please keep in mind that the Live to 110 podcast is solely informational in nature and is not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease or health condition. The Live to 110 podcast is solely informational in nature and for entertainment purposes only, so please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in anything we may suggest today on the show. I am so thrilled to announce the upcoming Medicinal Supplement Summit. This is a summit that I hosted in with my friend Ian Clark. He is a maker of activation products at activationproducts.com. He makes Oceans Alive marine phytoplankton, which I think many of you have probably heard of. And you can visit the site at medicinalsupplementsummit.com. Sorry, it's kind of a mouthful. <laughs> but I put I wanted to do this summit. I've been wanting to do this for many, many years. I've spoken on 35 summits and I just I wanted to do my own. And I'm very passionate about supplements and very passionate about customizing supplements to your body chemistry. So I brought together 36 of the world's leading experts in health and nutrition to talk about supplements, which ones you should be taking, the top supplements in depth, should you be taking food base or synthetics or both, the best supplements for various health conditions, the testing you should do to customize supplements to your body. We dig deep on so many different issues. We talk about probiotics, fish oil, uh, bile supplements, digestive aids, supplements if you have thyroid issues or autoimmune or diabetes or heart conditions. There's such a, a depth of information. I'm so excited to bring it to you. So go check it out at medicinalsupplementsummit.com. You can sign up now. It goes live and airs totally free September 12th to the 19th. Our guest today is Dr. James Greenblatt. He is a board-certified child and adolescent psychiatrist. He has over 20 years of experience treating complex mood and eating disorders, incorporating nutritional and lifestyle interventions to help patients achieve relief from their symptoms. Dr. Greenblatt currently serves as the Chief Medical Officer at Walden Behavior Center and is also an Assistant Clinical Professor of Psychiatry at Tufts University School of Medicine and Dartmouth College uh, Geisel School of Medicine. His book, The Breakthrough Depression Solution, is now available on Amazon. Dr. Greenblatt, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. 
Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your background? Uh, sure. I'm a, a traditionally trained psychiatrist, board certified adult and child psychiatrist. I've been practicing for almost 30 years. And after becoming uh, a psychiatrist in practice, after a few minutes, I realized the model wasn't quite what I was looking for. Patients weren't getting better. And I very quickly resorted to an integrative uh, alternative nutritional model. And for 30 years, I've been um, practicing um, psychiatry as an integrative psychiatrist. Fantastic. I love to hear that because, uh, you know, uh, can you talk a little bit about psychiatric medications and maybe your take on those? And, you know, if you're, you try to, you know, prescribe those minimally, maybe uh, sure. supplements or amino acids? Yeah, as a psychiatrist, uh, I think our profession has gotten uh, carried away with the use of medications where we have this kind of blind polypharmacy and trial and error guessing, and I'm very much against that. I haven't thrown away my prescription pad, so I believe there is a use for medications, but we look at uh, nutritional markers first. We look at nutritional deficiencies and trying to understand an individualized kind of a, a more functional medicine plan for patients before we'd even begin to look at where medications might fit in. I love that. I just, I love to hear that so much. I think it's so important. And you use hair mineral analysis uh, in your practice, correct? You know, over the years, most of my practice is uh, consultations on patients that have not done well on traditional psychiatric treatment. So I look at a wide range of tests. So patients that I'm seeing now for consultation, we're looking at uh, amino acids and fatty acids and hair mineral analysis, organic acids. Um, so there's a wide range of nutrients that are kind of assessed as well as genetic testing to see individual variations in genetic vulnerabilities. And I do hair mineral analysis as well. And one thing I've noticed on the majority of the tests I do is the mineral lithium is almost non-existent. Can you talk about why that is and the importance of lithium for our health? Uh, sure. A nutritional lithium is often confused with the prescription pharmacological lithium, which is a, a relatively dangerous medication with side effects as well as uh, an overdose would likely cause someone to die. So we have this prescription medicine that is considered dangerous, but it's based on this mineral, this element that is critical for brain function. And it is that lithium um, that we use um, as a nutritional supplement to help a wide range of neuropsychiatric illnesses. Yes. And so, uh, so what are some of the psychiatric illnesses that can be helped with supplementing with lithium? The list sometimes begins to look like it's too good to be true. So I think it's probably easier to take a step back and, and see lithium as kind of this incredible uh, tonic for the brain. So it has neuroprotective qualities as well as what we call uh, neuro kind of proliferation. It kind of helps support neurons, brain cells develop, and it repairs them if they're damaged. So we have this incredible wide range of neurodegenerative illnesses from Alzheimer's to Parkinson's to depression and anxiety. And, and lithium does have a role in, in many of these illnesses. I, I would probably say the most important, um, uh, most consistent finding that I've seen with nutritional lithium 
are those individuals with histories of um, irritability and sometimes mood lability. So anger management issues are most commonly um, completely resolved with nutritional lithium. And let's talk about anxiety. Uh, lithium is known to help increase the natural production of your body's GABA. GABA is a neurotransmitter that's very calming to the body. Can you talk about how lithium helps to reduce anxiety that you see in your patients? Sure. Again, you know, we see it all the time. We might have 10 patients who are anxious and there might be 10 different kind of underlying causes. We would look at a broad range of nutritional deficiencies could be a B12 deficiency. And oftentimes we do find this kind of non-detectable lithium on the, the hair mineral analysis you mentioned. And then lithium would be a critically important mineral to add to that kind of personalized approach. And so what are some of the natural sources of, of lithium, of nutritional lithium? Uh, great question. Always trying to figure it out. So lithium is um, primarily in our water supply. So it's in our soil. And, and probably the largest source of lithium is from our water supply. And it's also in um, many grains and vegetables. It, it's not high in meats and animal products. The really important thing to understand about the lithium in the water supply is some of the original studies looked at varying um, uh, concentrations of water around different communities. The original studies were done in Texas. So 20 or 30 different communities in Texas looking at the lithium in the drinking water. And they were able to correlate that the rates of depression, suicide, aggression was correlated with low levels of lithium in the drinking water. That's very, very interesting. I've also heard that lithium uh, can help to detox aluminum from the brain there. And that's one of its neuroprotective effects. You know, the list of what lithium does in the brain is, is pages, and it's kind of um, exciting if you're interested in neurochemistry. But certainly one of the things is to stimulate glutathione, which is the major antioxidant in the brain, and it also decreases inflammation. So certainly there'd be a, a tremendously important role in some of the heavy metal accumulation in the brain. I've also read that it helps to reset your circadian rhythm. So anyone having sleep disturbances uh, can, you know, definitely be a, play a role in assisting sleeping better. Yes, if we went through the list of um, all the neurotransmitters in the brain, lithium has this kind of regulatory capacity, so it can stimulate or inhibit the same neurotransmitter uh, when it's needed. Again, almost this magical quality in brain function. So certainly sleep and circadian rhythm is, is part of that um, kind of natural cycle that lithium can help reset. And so when someone's looking to supplement with nutritional lithium, what form and what amount would you recommend people start with? For nutritional lithium, most of the time for adults and adolescents, we use lithium orotate. Most of the supplements that one can find are five milligram pills, and we would use between five and 20 milligrams of lithium orotate. Um, we've seen tremendous benefit in uh, younger kids, autistic kids, ADHD kids with irritability and aggression. And there sometimes we would use uh, liquid preparations of uh, lithium citrate, and that would be between 500 micrograms and five milligrams. Yeah, and there's some great brands. Seeking Health has a good lithium orotate. Orthomolecular Research also has a good brand for anyone out there that want to know what, what to buy. It's, it's not available everywhere. But uh, so 
So how does one know if they need nutritional lithium? Well, there are lots of um, ways that one can find out. I think one of the uh, common ways without any testing is looking at your family history. Um, I learned from Jonathan Wright 30 years ago, the family history of alcohol or drug use, and whether you have a substance use problem or not, is one of the best indicators of if someone will uh, be responsive to lithium. So family history of, of depression, mood disorders, or substance abuse. Number two would be what you've described, the assessment on a trace mineral analysis, hair test. And then three would be clinical symptoms. So if there are symptoms of that anxiety or agitation, irritability tends to be the most common way that I can describe those that are lithium responsive. Um, those three, the family history, the hair test, and those clinical symptoms are often the simplest ways to determine if someone needs lithium. So are there any side effects to taking nutritional lithium? I've been prescribing it for 30 years. The only side effect that I've heard from a couple people is that they feel too calm. They actually didn't <laughs> like the feeling. Um, and when they stopped it, they kind of felt back to themselves. But I, I've never had uh, a side effect. Yeah, I, I haven't noticed any any at all. I haven't heard anyone complain after they start lithium. But there's some people that are those type A personalities or people that like to be up or kind of be manic and going, 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 going. They're used to that. They don't like to be slowed down and relaxed. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so does one need to be under the care of a physician to take nutritional lithium? I think that's a really nice question. I think most people would be able to take five milligrams of less of lithium orotate, particularly if they're symptomatic. And I think that could take that for a number of years. I think for younger children or taking long term, that I'd probably recommend um, probably less than that. 2.5 milligrams might be better. I think long term lithium for a younger child, we just don't know what that effect could be. There might be some subtle effects on, on the thyroid in particular. Um, I think if someone's symptomatic, trying it is fine without being under doctor's care. And if it helps, taking it for as long as needed. And so when you're looking at a hair mineral analysis or other tests, what is the level of lithium that you think is ideal that people should uh, you know, aim for or want to achieve? Well, I mean, I, I don't remember the numbers on the hair test. I think uh, I used two different labs, one in Texas, uh, Trace Elements and Great Plains. And in their head test, most of the time we're getting detectable levels or many patients now are coming with undetectable lithium levels in their hair. And that's one sign that they might benefit from supplementation. Yeah. And I found that, um, you know, most clients have zero and I aim for a 0.014 on a trace elements hair test. That's kind of my uh -huh. goal, but any higher than that can be problematic. But, um, so why is everyone deficient in lithium? Can you explain that? Maybe it's due to our intensive farming practices or what's going on? Uh, I don't have a great explanation. Um, I think it's clearly, again, looking at that same uh, test for, for 30 years. I'm going from occasional undetectable lithium to now the vast majority of people we're seeing. Um, some of it could be our water supply. Some of it could be uh, the bottled water, so not getting the largest source of lithium from our tap waters. Some of it could be due to other kind of environmental toxins that actually is binding the lithium. Yes. 
Yes. And so is there anything else that you want to add to our discussion of lithium and its importance in the body? I think clinically, one of the most important things I I can share um, with you and your audience is lithium's um, protective properties uh, for suicide. Um, Lithium is one of the, as a pharmacological agent, uh, one of the only anti-suicide medications that we have. And the research with the water supplies that I described in Texas have been done around the world and consistently demonstrate that the higher lithium in the water, the less suicide. Mm. So we have this epidemic of suicide in our, in our youth, um, increased over the past 25, uh, oh, past 15 years, over 25%. And I think there's a correlation with this lack of lithium and these dramatic increases in suicide. So it's a really simple, very well-documented scientific explanation that lithium can prevent suicide. Yeah, it's amazing. Just these simple nutritional deficiencies cause, they wreak so much havoc mentally and physically in our bodies. And it's such a travesty. They're so easily resolved with testing and individualized supplementation. And it's so easy to say or to hear you describe that, but it's so difficult for many of my medical colleagues to kind of embrace those simple, um, very effective treatment modalities. And you just recently published a book. Can you tell the listeners a little about that? I actually have two books that just came out, one on lithium, um, an overview of all the uh, current research, and then a book on depression. Um, And that is a book written to help individuals kind of understand that kind of personalized individualized approach to many of these nutritional kind of metabolic deficiencies that might be contributing to an individual's depression. Do you talk about, at all about toxic metals that might contribute to depression? Your book? Um, it's a component of the book. Certainly the trace mineral hair analysis that you described is one of the simplest ways to look at heavy metals. Um, we do a lot of writing about copper um, as a problem for agitation and depression and certainly led all the, all the press about lead um, for, with our kids. But we also see it in adults and mercury and some of the other heavy metals as well. Yes. Yes. And so can you tell me the name of your books? Uh, the Breakthrough Depression Solution. And the lithium book is actually the Cinderella story. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you uh, giving us some insights about lithium. It's, you know, so overlooked, easily overlooked. People are taking vitamins and antioxidants and whatnot, but they're overlooking the minerals, which are the spark plugs of our body that make our body work. Um, but I have a question I like to ask all of my listeners. What do you think is the most pressing health issue in the world today? I think as we've talked about, I think um, the incredible epidemic of these brain-based illnesses um, the neurodegenerative illnesses that are wreaking havoc across the globe. A depression actually in the year 2020 will be the leading cause of disability worldwide. People think of heart disease and cancer and diabetes, but disability actually for depression is going to be the highest rate. So depression and those brain-based illnesses, um, I think are both epidemic and likely due to our lifestyle and our diet. So could be prevented. Yeah. So can you talk about, uh, in your opinion, what are the major, 
underlying causes of depression. You mentioned diet and lifestyle. Can you go into some specifics so that maybe someone out there that's listening that's depressed might have a few tips to point them in the right direction? Uh, sure. And and I think the, the thesis in the book, it's kind of hard to make generalizations. And that's what our medical colleagues do by thinking everyone with depression has a Prozac deficiency and give them an antidepressant. And our nutritional colleagues sometimes make the same you know, uh, problem by identifying everybody with depression has a deficiency in, in B12. And we can't really say that, but there's a whole host of nutrients in B12 is common. Uh, zinc, magnesium, celiac disease, uh, gluten intolerance is a very common um, cause of depression, causing kind of global malnutrition and malabsorption. Those are kind of the, the major nutritional deficiencies. And then we try to understand where any kind of genetic differences uh, might go explain the nutritional deficiencies and or sensitivities to medications. And so when you're working with a client, what is your initial approach? Like what kind of go-to tests do you like to do, et cetera? My initial approach is, is a good history. Oftentimes um, patients are coming in using the word anxiety and, and we see serious depression or obsessive compulsive disorder, ADHD. So the history really is critical. And in the, as the older I get, it takes me longer and longer. So a family history might take 30, 40 minutes to get two, three generations of family history. So the history is important. And the laboratory work that I do are kind of looking across many levels. We look at um, the GI tract and organic acid, looking at um, metabolites of, of bacteria in the gut and yeast in the gut. We look at amino acids, fatty acids, trace minerals, as well as um, the hair test we talked about, and then routine blood tests, iron, B12, vitamin D. And then we get to put together a, a picture of what might be going on for that individual struggling with depression. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think that's fantastic. It's very rare to hear about a psychiatrist or even doctors doing functional medical tests. <laughs> so I, I love that. It's fantastic. Great. Well, we're, we're hoping to educate more and more physicians. So wanting to the listeners uh, where they can learn more about you and your, your website. Uh, the website is uh, jamesgreenblattmd.com. And then we have an overview of, of some of the books that we have written and some of the courses that we'll be setting up primarily for physicians or clinicians over the coming year. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the Live to 110 podcast. You can learn more about me at liveto110.com and on my healing and detox program, mineralpower.com. And don't forget to tune in to the Medicinal Supplement Summit dot com that I am hosting September 12th to the 16th, where I interview 36 of the world's experts on health and nutrition about supplementation, the testing you should do to individualize supplements to your body, how to customize supplements to various health conditions, and the top supplements that you should be taking. Thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast.